Galveston Tower, Waco 43,000 is turning inbound over the ship channel. Waco 43,000, Galveston Tower, into right downwind, runway 36, the uh, altimeter still 3030. Right downwind 36, Waco 43,000. Welcome aboard, aviation enthusiasts, and welcome to From the Right Seat Podcast. It's me, Slopey, and thank you for joining me on another exciting episode. It's an absolute thrill to have this next guest join us on our aviation adventure as we buckle into her unique airplane she flies, as we take a tour over the island, seeing some amazing things Galveston has to offer. Welcome to the podcast, Emma. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you fly? How did you get your start in aviation? Uh, my name is Emma Harrington, 22 years old. I uh, fly a big red biplane down here in Galveston, Texas. Um, I'm from Honey Grove, Texas, which is a tiny town in Texas. <laughs> um, I got my start, gosh, I've been around it since I was born. Um, my dad's an A&P and IA. He owns a Magneto shop up there, uh, aircraft ignition services. So I've been working on little airplanes, flying airplanes all my life. Um, I was fortunate enough to be born into it. But what do you currently fly right now? Um, currently based out of Galveston. Okay. Um, and did you go to school to get your pilot's license, or how did um, how did you go about doing that? No, I did it all. Um, Part sixty one. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And how many hours do you have? Uh, over six hundred. Awesome. I'm kissing seven hundred. And you got your start. Uh, you got your pilot's license when? I got my pilot's license the day before my eighteenth birthday. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, so flying a biplane is a unique experience. Could you describe what it make what makes the Waco that you fly special, and what drew you to this type of aircraft for sightseeing flights? Um, so I would say it's pretty it's special to me. Um, I was drawn to it because I saw while well, I was sitting in CFI school over at Thrust in Addison, and I figured I had just got my commercial license and I was ready to take the next level. Um, and so I was sitting in CFI Academy and I was kind of hating my life a little bit and I was because I don't enjoy the nobody likes ground school right. but um, I'm especially not great at school I never have been mm -hmm. despite going to a couple different colleges it's, it's never stuck with me so um, I'm a hands-on kind of person mm -hmm. and I was scrolling through Facebook kind of looking at different airplane jobs and my dad actually sent me this Facebook post had a big big red biplane on it and I was like that's cool so I called up my boss Chip and uh, it was history. Chip so, Ferguson right? Yes yeah. Chip Ferguson. Galveston offers a picturesque coastal landscape. How does flying a biplane enhance the sightseeing experience for passengers compared to other types of aircraft? The best, best perspective in-house, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, every aerial view is beautiful, but it's specifically unique with the biplane because you're getting all the sights and smells. I mean, your visibility, there are limitations to it because you've got you know, a big old radio mm -hmm. engine, radial engine in front of you, but we do a lot of banking turns and wingovers and stuff mm -hmm. that um, help help with that mm -hmm. um and not to mention it's an open cockpit yeah so you're, you're yeah it's, it's open cockpit and smells in the wind and yes it's that, you're so. really in it yeah. yeah what is your favorite part about flying on the island like which which part of the island do you like going or, or showing off you know i, I enjoy it all uh, mm -hmm. i'd say my, my probably my favorite is uh the east 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 beach just because there's a lot of people and I just think it's pretty, but I mean, it's it's a pretty equal experience to me. I'm just happy to be flying, really. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. What are some of the most popular routes that you fly, and what's available to yeah. uh, to the customers to be able to purchase and come and fly with you? So we offer um, really two different routes. You can go east or west, um, but we we kind of offer to customers to like custom tailor those options. But what we have for just normal options. Um, 
we have our first mate tour, which goes east. It covers the Pleasure Pier, and then you go downtown near the Battleship Texas, and you come back to land. Um, our Town of Galveston tour covers the entire Town of Galveston, um, East Beach, Pleasure Pier. You're going to see the sunken concrete ship um, a little bit north of the island. Um, and then our Island and Bolivar tour, you go across that little waterway to see the, um, the, the lighthouse out there. Um, and that also includes the town of Galveston. If customers are wanting to go a little bit like further up the Bolivar Peninsula, they can. Um, and then our west tour, which is the west end of the island. And then we have a, the whole shebang tour, which is the island and Bolivar tour. So you see the entire island. It's mm -hmm. going to be west, east, and all of it. And sunrise and sunset. And, yeah, sun, I haven't had a sunrise one yet. That hasn't happened okay. to me yet. The sunsets are really popular. I was thinking about that this morning. Like, oh, man, I could be traffic. And be thank you for not doing that to me. <laughs> <laughs> not that I mind, but gosh, that's an early morning. On one of these tours, Emma, you can go see the Battleship Texas, which is what we're flying over right now. What other, uh, what other places can we go see? Uh, you can see the Battleship Texas, Pleasure Pier, um, the entire downtown, Galveston downtown, um, the east end, you can see the west end all the way out to Jamaica Beach if you'd like. Uh, you can also go out to Bolivar, see the Bolivar Lighthouse. Um, yeah, pretty much anything Galveston-centric, you're going to come out and see it all. That is awesome. Especially Galve uh, the uh, Battleship Texas here in Galveston, that's pretty cool. Alright, if you look off to our left, we got a bunch of people, a bunch of tents, a lot of bike stuff going on, so I got my smoke oh, on yeah. and we're going to do some wingovers, maybe get some attention. Hell yeah. Uh, the wind and weather conditions can vary, especially right here on the coast. How do you adapt your flying techniques and, and routes to provide a smooth and enjoyable experience for your passengers? Uh, the most winds I think I've flown in that isn't a headwind, um, I think, gosh, direct crosswind of like 16, gust to 22. Maybe a little less than that, a little mm -hmm. more than that, just depends. Um, we have two different runways here at Galveston. We have 1-8 and 1-4, and then 3-2 and 3-6. So mm -hmm. that kind of really gets you out of most situations. Mm -hmm. If it's still a pretty rough crosswind and it's out of my limitations, I won't go. But it doesn't really doesn't really change the experience for the customer. By most, it'll extend or detract from tours by a couple minutes, and mm -hmm. we can compensate for that. Emma, tell me about this plane. Uh, this is a 1994 uh, Waco YMF5. Okay. So it's a Fabric and Woods, got a uh, RSM 55-B2 Jake on the front, 275 horse, with a radial engine. With a wooden, wooden propeller? Yes, an MT prop. What is your favorite airplane to fly? Right now, this. Okay. <laughs> Just because it feels like wearing a glove. Yeah. I've got, yeah. you know, when you're flying it almost every day, you, you get proficient in something and you just know it. It's Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And how long have you been flying this airplane? Uh, since April. Oh, okay. So a relatively short time, but man, you, you, well, yeah. you make it look like uh, super easy. And, and like you said, if, if you, once you know something, you, you know it. Oh, sure. So that's awesome. This YMF is really cool because it looks like it's an old airplane, right? It's a biplane. And there's not a lot of old, I'm sorry, new biplanes out there, but this is a 1994, which is yeah. really cool. I love the way that Waco has, has come in and said, you know, let's, let's build a biplane, a new biplane, right? Yeah. And that also incorporates your avionics as well. And your, your panel is a beautiful, beautiful upgrade in, um, in, in the plane, and it's fabric. So yes. um, does that kind of freak people out when they look down and see that the wings are vibrating and um, we don't or get do a they? whole whole lot of vibration. For most people, don't really notice it because right. most people that go up with us aren't really aviation people. Mm -hmm. um, mostly, when I walk customers up to the airplane, they think it's really old. And part of my pre-takeoff briefing is explaining the age of the airplane and how mm -hmm. these airplanes are still made today. Mm -hmm. um, 
Waka is still producing YMFs. I mean, there's, you know, ones that come out every year. So it is a classic look, but I explain to them everything in the airplane's modern and very mm -hmm. safe. What's your uh, crosswind factor? Like, where, where do you shut it down for crosswinds? Um, I think it's, and, you know, we were looking around in the manual for a hard limit when I first started, and I couldn't really find one. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's up to personal ability. Right now, my absolute no-go is anything over 15, 16 direct, and that's if I absolutely have to fly in it. And that's like kind of cutting across the runway, trying to take out some of that right, some right. of that crosswind angle. So um, I think it just it just depends on who's flying and mm -hmm. what the airplane can handle. And that's I usually notice about going that much of a direct crosswind, I'm full aileron destruction into the wind, and that's that's about enough for me right now. Mm -hmm. When I first started, I was I was a little nervous about 10 to 12 direct crosswind, and now that's now up to 15, 16. I'm like, eh, that's a bit. But you know the airplane now. Yeah, that's, you know, that's your limitations. You're, yes. you're learning yourself, and, right. uh, not only um, your personal abilities, but you as a pilot flying this this airplane, right? Safety is paramount in aviation. Could you share some insights into safety measures and precautions you personally take to ensure secure and comfortable flight for your passengers? Yes, um, I always begin the flight with a a. Ta a takeoff brief. Um, I instruct passengers to make sure they keep their feet flat on the floor. We have these two skid plates in front of the rudder pedals. They're these little silver rectangles I'm sure you've seen. Mm -hmm. Most passengers, um, especially if you have two, I'll instruct them to keep both their feet on each one of those mm -hmm. um, and stay away from the rudder cables that are attached to the side. Um, we've taken the stick out of the airplane to just kind of help mitigate any risk. Um, but there is still that control apparatus in the middle there, so I tell people to stay away from that. There is a trim tab, a trim wheel, and a, a throttle in the front seat as well that I instruct passengers not to touch. And then, you know, the typical commercial pilot briefing, you know, in case of an off-airport landing, here's how you get out, here's mm -hmm. how your seatbelts come off. Mm -hmm. um, but most of the time, I've never had never had an issue, knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> for, for passengers who may be new to flying, taking a biplane might be a thrilling yet unfamiliar experience. How do you communicate with your passengers and create an atmosphere of comfort and excitement at the same time? Most people that are, come up to the tours, I mean, I don't get a whole lot of nervous people because if they're super duper nervous, they don't want to go and they're not going to come, mm -hmm. right? Um, I have had like couples come where like the gal or the guy, they're a little nervous about it. And uh, I try not to do too harsh of wingovers. I try not to do too, like I try to keep everything really steady and smooth because you don't want your first airplane experience to be scary mm -hmm. and rough. I mean, mm -hmm. they're not paying for an aerobatic ride because they don't offer those. So I try right. not to, I try to take it a little easier mm -hmm. on people that, and I can tell they're nervous, you know, in body language. <laughs> Biplanes have a rich history in aviation. Do you incorporate any historical anecdotes or stories into your flights to provide passengers with a deeper appreciation for the aircraft and the area itself? Um, so we do uh, audio guided tours for passengers who want headsets. And a lot of times I'll talk about the history of the, the island. As far as the airplanes go, I mean, I don't get a whole lot of airplane nerds out here. So mm -hmm. I try to keep it just singular to the experience mm -hmm. itself and talk about Galveston, talk about how long we've been here, about, you know, history of that particular airplane. <laughs> I haven't gotten a whole lot of, uh, of biplane history nerds, but, you know. <laughs> um, how do you describe the sensation of open cockpit flying to passengers who might not be familiar with it? Mm. Uh, I, I think the best way I would describe it is a well, it's, I usually don't describe it because they experience it as soon as they come through, but mm -hmm. like they come over, but um, real flying, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It's completely different because after flying all summer in a biplane, I got into a little cub I've been doing an experimental fly-off on, mm -hmm. and I'm like, ugh, 
<laughs> Not that I don't love cub flying because I do, but it's right. just like oh, the visibility is so much better from the back seat, and you're just you're in it. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. the best way to. That's how I've always seen it. As a sightseeing pilot, you have the opportunity to introduce people to the joy of flying. Uh, could you share a particularly heartwarming or memorable interaction you've had with a passenger during a flight? Yes. Okay. I, I've, I've, I've talked to a couple people about this. I had this one lady come out. And she went up by herself, and I think her husband was with her, but they went with a weight limit or something. Because mm-hmm. uh, our weight limit's like 338 pounds. I'll push up to 400 with mm-hmm. low gas. But, so she was real excited, and she went up. And it was the first, so we weren't offering like earplug options until later, but most of the tours I was narrating, and that kind of takes away, it detracts from the experience, unless that's what people are looking for. I had a, a close friend of mine, he was like, yeah, you should, uh, you should try earplugs instead of headsets because you're just, your voice is detracting from that experience. Like you can't put words to that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, that's, that's a good perspective. So I tried it and this was the first gal that I tried it with, but I gave her earplugs and stuff. And it was the best, it was the best flight ever because after we landed and I could hear her like, you know, like screaming in the front, like in a good, in a good way. <laughs> um, and so we landed and she goes, can I, can I cuss? And I'm like, yeah, you can cuss. She's like, that's f-ing awesome. And I was just like, oh my God. It was so it was so cool, but yeah, that was probably one of my best. But I have a bunch of bunch of stories like that, and I've only yeah. been doing it for a summer. Right, so. since uh, what'd you say, April, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Galveston is known for its unique blend of history, culture, and natural beauty. How do you tailor your commentary and flights to showcase these aspects to passengers, making each flight a distinctive experience? Um, if customers do select the option, or we have we do have headsets and goggles, if mm-hmm. customers would like, I always give them an option. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll talk about the history of the island. I'll talk about the Pleasure Pier. I'll talk about the historic downtown, um, the re- their restoration going on over at the lighthouse if people select that tour. Um, it's kind of it's kind of selective to like what's going on at the island that day. Like today, we were talking about the bike rally that's mm-hmm. going on. So it just kind of depends on what's what's happening. I think one of my flights a couple weeks ago, we had a sailboat race, the regatta, oh, right, harvest yeah. regatta. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. It just kind of depends on what's going on, um, mm-hmm. what the people in front are looking for. I mean, I've had, you know, like girlfriend proposals, proposals, that kind of stuff. So most of the time I'll try to keep quiet for that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And if people have, you know, if they choose the earplugs and I don't have any commentary at all, but mm-hmm. it just kind of depends on the situation. Most of the time though, it's just like history and that kind of commentary. So. Let's move back to you. What's your favorite part of flying? Hmm. You know, it's it kind of depends on the day. Um, for, for me, I, I obviously I enjoy the flying itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really funny. I have a buddy of mine. I'm really into Richard Buck right now. It's a, I've always been into him. I've been reading him since I was 16. It's a, it's an author, but I'm like, Oh, I had a Richard Buck moment because he writes this book called the gift of wings and it's the romance of aviation basically. Mm-hmm. And so, so some days you'll have days like that where you're like, damn, this is really cool. Like I'm so lucky. And then other days it's, um, it's almost a competition with myself to see how, like how, um, like within what distance can I land? Like on the runway, you know what I mean? Or just like precision, precision, precision stuff. That's mm-hmm. where I'm at now. I'm like kind of trying to make every little, you know, hit the numbers every mm-hmm. time, or mm-hmm. you know, climb out at a certain airspeed. Out, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To make it's just it's fun to play little games with yourself of like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit this part on the, of the island at this time. You know, I'm gonna burn this much gas to get there. You know, mm-hmm. but I've got this much wind. So you're doing all these little mental math things. That's what I enjoy sometimes. Is like the fun, that's that's fun to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a unique story um, in aviation. You said you got your your uh, your certificate in oh, a day before eighteen. Yes. What did you do after that? Um, Were you still in high school? Yeah, I was. 
homeschooled. So okay. I was um my whole my whole school career I was homeschooled. So mm -hmm. I think I was out of it at that point. Okay. I was in college. Cool. I think. That that timeline's blurry for me. I was mm -hmm. doing all kinds of different stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I had an application into the Air Force, and then I was uh, I was in college at that point. Mm -hmm. so. so what did you do after that, after college? After, well, let's see. College is messy. I still haven't finished college, technically. Yeah. Um, but so after I got my private pilot license, um, I was in Civil Air Patrol. That's how I got it. Once I took advantage of uh, the scholarships that I took advantage of there, I got out of it. Um, and then I wanted to fly the A-10, which I would still totally go for um, <laughs> if I wanted to be in the military again, which I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I put in an application in the Air Force Academy that spring. No, that fall. Whenever I put it in, I didn't get it, obviously. Right. I think it was spring I found out I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had gone to Oshkosh that year. Um, it was my first and only year I've been to Oshkosh. It was in 2019. Mm -hmm. And I was walking around Oshkosh, and I was... Uh, saw this one guy, he, had, he was a four-star, and he was surrounded by uh, this posse of people. And I was like, who's that? And somebody was like, oh, that's the chief of staff of the Air Force, Dave Goldstein. And I was like, oh, I need to talk to him, because I was mm. still really trying to get in. Mm -hmm. And so anyways, I snuck backstage past a bunch of SECFO and pretended to be AA. And I'm not, but I pretended, and I was like, hey, I need to talk to him. So his aide de camp was like, come here, I got you. Talked to him, told him I didn't get in the academy. He's like, oh, there's a prep school you should go to. So that fall, I went to Northwestern Prep School in California and got the last spot. Um, did that for a semester. I had a full ride to Laterno University in Longview. So the spring semester it was funny. I pushed them off to get into the spring. And then I found out in the spring I got into the academy. So I was like, hey, sorry. I know you to totally accommodated me with a full ride. And right. But I basically told them, you know, see ya. Um, went to the academy for a year and a half. Got out in October of 22 or 21. It was 21 I got out. Mm -hmm. And then Liberty University Online. Mm -hmm. I, have, I have a couple classes left. Mm -hmm. Any chance of going back to to the air uh, the uh, Air Force Academy? Um, no, I left because of the COVID vaccine mandate, and there's a two year cutoff when you go to the academy um, that you mm. it's called commitment it happens mm -hmm. in the summer. Um, I left before that um, I, because there was no way I was going to get the COVID vaccine right. at that time. Right. And if I was to go back to the Air Force, it'd have to be because of that. But mm -hmm. I'm kind of enjoying a little aviation right now, so I'm just going to see cool. where it takes me. It's very cool. Yeah. It's just, it's so nice to see um, somebody that, that shares aviation, shares the love of aviation the way you do, uh, specifically on all of your socials, yeah. which brings me to my next question. Would you like to share them? Sure. Uh, it's Emma Flies Planes. It's uh, E-M-M-A-F-L-I-E-S and then Planes. Okay. Yep. And that's my Instagram. You can, I don't know if you want to follow me on Facebook, but Instagram is kind of where we do all the marketing for the but I actually find so. you on TikTok. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen yeah. you on TikTok. I'm like, oh, this is a really nice plane. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, come flying Galveston. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Galveston here pretty, really soon. So yeah. that was back in uh, August when the okay. air show was going on. Yeah. So. I think it's the same handle on TikTok. Yes, well. it is. Um, I, hate, I hate social media, but it's a necessary <laughs> evil for you this You do business. a really <laughs> awesome job for oh, hating social you. media. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any shout outs you'd like to make? 
Um, my boss, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Chip Ferguson, he owns the Alaska Rainbow Lodge. So if y'all are ever looking for the Alaska experience, you want to go fishing, mm-hmm. look him up. And what kind of airplane does he he fly? Beavers on floats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a, he's got a sick gig up there. I kind of want to schmooze my way into it. <laughs> We've talked about it. Alaska has been my dream for a very long time, and eventually I'm going to get there. Mm-hmm. This is just a little keep, detour. Keep going. But. Finally, I'm a I'm I'm a fan of baseball, and the batters at home walk up to the plate to a song of their choice. If you had a song, if uh, if you had a song to walk to the plane, what would you? What would it be, and why? Gosh. Um, it's always the toughest question. For it's anybody. a really hard question because every day it changes. I'm very, I'm big into music. Okay, I'm going to tell you one. I put, I put this to one of my videos that I just scrolled through my Spotify. That's how I write mm-hmm. Spirit in the Sky. That's really cringy. Okay. But that's that, that one. It's, it's funny because like every time I go up and I'm doing something cool on the biplane or I'm at a, like a flying or something, this is a song that comes to mind. I'm just like, yeah, I feel cool. <laughs> I don't know. I like that song. It's like, you know, I don't know. It's fitting. Find us online at uh, www.scallywagger.com. Find us on our social media, um, Gear. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Um, you can also do all of your booking online through the website. And our phone number is 409-465-3169. Just give me a call. Uh, what kind of tours do you usually do? Uh, mostly just island tours. We'll occasionally go to fly-ins and uh, air shows around the area. Okay. Um, we'll do tours there as well, but our main bread and butter is uh, island tours. We do uh, tours of the coast, tours of the town of uh, Galveston, and we go all the way out to Bolivar. Awesome. And um, what are your, uh, usually what are your hours of operation? Uh, usually we're called to book on Tuesday uh, to Thursday, and then the rest of the time we're here nine to sunset, sun, sunrise to sunset whenever people call. Awesome. All right, Emma, thank you for taking taking your time with me here on the From the Right Seat podcast. It was a, a, a joy, and it's always nice seeing you. Um, I've seen you a few times now, um, and uh, I hope to fly with you here again pretty soon. And uh, it was nice flying with you today on this beautiful November day, oh, yeah. and uh, going over and, and bugging the motorcycle people <laughs> the, hey, the Lone Star Rally. Planes are cooler than bikes. I stand by that opinion. <laughs> I'm a fan of both, so uh, I can't really gotcha. say anything. But once again, thank you for your, uh, taking your time out of your busy day to uh, uh, sit down with me for the interview, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Emma, for painting the skies with your experiences and offering us a window into the breathtaking world of sightseeing biplane rides and a little uh, look into your world as well. Until our next flight, keep your eyes on the horizon and may your adventures always reach new altitudes. It would mean so much to me if you like, subscribe, share this podcast with your friends, your family, whoever likes aviation, or if you just want to sit in and listen to a little piece of my world and share a little piece of my my hobby. You can find this podcast wherever you get podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Check out our Instagram at From the Right Seat Podcast, 
and also on Facebook, same handle. As we prepare for landing, remember to keep your dreams aloft. From one aviation enthusiast to another, this is Slopey for From the Right Seat Podcast, signing off. Until our next flight, blue skies and tailwinds. <laughs>